Welcome to the author commentary for Star Wars From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back. Here we go behind the scenes with contributors to discuss the creative process behind their stories. A word of caution, these conversations may contain story spoilers. You have been warned. I'm Alex Davis, one of the Delray editors who worked on this amazing project. Right now we're talking to Lydia Kang, author of a story called Right Hand Man. Lydia, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So um, as uh, readers may have picked up just from the title, this <laughs> story is about 2-1-B, the um, medical droid who replaces Luke's hand, the final scene of Empire Strikes Back. Uh, what made you pick this particular droid as your protagonist? So... Um... You know, when I when I thought about the movie, um, I couldn't help but think about the parts that um, I always would go back to whenever I think of the movie. And they oftentimes were the two medical scenes. So there are two major medical scenes in in the story. One is early on um, after the Wampa attack. And um, the one is at the very, very end of the story. And being a physician, um, it was just kind of a really easy um, in for me to sort of be able to feel like I already had a very comfortable perspective on what it would like to be in that situation um, as a, like a healthcare personnel, as a healer. So I was just immediately drawn to, to those scenes. And so when I had to pick between the two ones, I mean, the second one is just so full of um, some really, really heavy thoughts, you know, on the part of what Luke's going through and also what 2-1-B would have to be going through just in the beginning as sort of like, a, well, is this a straightforward kind of reattachment process? No big deal, but realizing it was much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, it was kind of a no brainer for me to pick this scene. Uh, do you want to talk more about how your own um, experience as a physician influenced uh, your approach to the story? Yeah. So, you know, the, um, the kind of medicine that I practice, I do um, internal medicine, primary care internal medicine. So it's been a long time since I did anything surgical that was like in medical school. Um, that being said, I, it, it, there's a really striking feeling that you get the first time you cut open a human being. It's, it's really strange. It's really, um, you're crossing barriers that normally you're not supposed to cross. And so I had a lot of that in my mind when um, when the scene came up, but also just knowing that, you know, 2-1-B is a droid. And so there's the way that 2-1-B is gonna handle it is gonna be a little bit different maybe from how I would handle a scene like that, just because I you know I don't have programming in me. <laughs> That's just sort of can just sort of from the get go, just do its job. And so I had to figure out, um, you know, how would I have done this and how would it be different if I was a droid and try to bring those two sensibilities together because I think ultimately I sort of knew 2-1-B, even though 2-1-B doesn't have any speaking parts in the movie, um, I knew that there was stuff going on inside that mechno brain of his. and. And I wanted to access that and I wanted that to come out on the page a little bit more. But as a physician, I think it was a little bit easier for me to figure out how 2-1-B would probably go from the programming of healing to breaching that more personal aspect of, of patient care so that he could actually help Luke in more than just a really obvious physical way. Yeah, it's... um 
fascinating how we see, you know, two one B sort of identify um, his own limits uh, as the story advances. But I think personally, he doth protest too much almost at times. Like at the very end, when he says, uh, "That is, if he were a poet, he would have thought this." Um, did his perspective um, and the perspective of a droid, I know Star Wars droids are, it's its always an intriguing like balance of the mechanical and the emotional. Did that present any challenges or differences of approach compared to if you were writing about an organic? Yeah, absolutely. Um, because I had to figure out how, you know, when you're, you're writing, I'm not like, I don't do as much short stories I write novel length stuff. And so short stories are, difficult for me because you have to be able to find that um, that arc in the story in a very, very short space of time. And so for 2-1-B, it was sort of about how are we going to get him to go from um, this more sort of clinical place to really finding sort of the humanity within him as the story went on and how he would himself just constantly be checking himself and be like, I'm not supposed to be thinking this or I shouldn't be saying things like this and seeing his frustrations come out and his emotions come out, which, you know, he would normally want to keep that in check. So it was kind of fun to explore and sort of push him to these really uncomfortable <laughs> places that 2-1-B doesn't actually want to go and yet knows somehow in his little droid heart, like it's, there are certain things that he does and says that he knows are the right things, even though they kind of go against his natural, his nature. So it was a lot of fun to play around with that. And it took a while to find that right balance and that right um, development over the course of the pages. It's sort of a balance you can see reflected like in his design too. I thought, um, you know, you really could extrapolate so much from this like death's head visage of his, but then the weirdly soulful eyes. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I didn't realize how much of a character it already had in my head um, of 2-1-B and how well you managed to capture it uh, in the story. Yeah, it was kind of um, weird because, you know, again, there was no voice in my head really. And so I, I did go back to some of um, the other literature that had 2-1-B in the story, just so I could get some more backstory to find out what what he was like. And, you know, was did he have any sort of haughty sense of like, you know, I'm better than the FX droids and apparently that exists. And, and so it was, I had to dig a little bit just to make sure that um, what I developed on the page was going to be in sync with what other authors had written before me. And so I was very um, sort of keen on making sure I didn't sort of go in a completely different direction that didn't make sense for him. Um, but yeah, structurally, I kind of had to do some anatomy lessons because I was sort of like, how does his body work? I have to make sure that I'm using the right terminology. And I wanted to see how that would translate to touch and healing and um, gentleness and that sort of thing. So it was it was interesting to have to do that, um, you know, from from as an author to sort of be like, all right, I really got to twist my mind around and make sure that I, I do this the right way and make it feel um, real and and authentic for him. Yeah, the, the line between, you know, it's the one that they struggle with uh, in the story itself, the, but the mechanical and the biological is so, it made me think about it in a way that I hadn't um, for a long time uh, with Star Wars fiction. 
Um, another thing I'd love to talk about with this story is that it's one of the few in our collection, actually, um, where principal characters from the film appear um, with dialogue that isn't from the shooting script itself. Uh, we get a lot of new Luke um, in this story, and I really love the way you uh, capture his voice. Um, what was your process like for getting behind such a, like, famous pair of eyes as Luke's <laughs> It was really, really nerve wracking. I was pretty nervous about doing this. I didn't actually know until very recently that there wasn't new dialogue in this compilation, like until you told me. And then I was like, oh my God, what am I done? <laughs> but um, when, I was, when I was writing it um, during my first draft, I had some pretty trusted um, friends read it who were you know, under total secrecy of it. And, and they sort of helped remind me that um, you know, Luke is a young guy and he, um, he's a real down to earth personal person. I mean, he, he grew up as a farmer's kid. You know, so he's not used to all this sort of highfalutin language that you sort of see in the hierarchy of, you know, um, of this sort of um, army-like atmosphere that he is now, he now, he now is in. And so being in a, in a really sort of vulnerable position, you can imagine he's, he's going to sort of reach out for just like someone just to talk plainly with him and be personable and not call him Commander Skywalker. And so... Um, that was one thing was just sort of like, how would he want to be spoken to? Um, he doesn't really keep people at a distance. He's somebody who wants to have a connection with people. And so um, knowing that he was going to try to have a connection with 2MB made it a little bit easier for him to just sort of loosen up around him. And, um, and also just ooh, the hardest part was probably given what he had just found out, um, about Darth Vader and given what the injury that he just had and how his injury absolutely mirrored um, some of this, the bodily changes, the changes from, you know, biologic to, um, to non-biologic in his father. I was like, I figured his mind is going to be going just like constantly in these sort of, you know, um, slingshots back from like panic to fear to anger to shock to all these different things and a lot of times he was going to be quiet because there's just so much going on in his mind and a couple times you know his emotion because he's a pretty emotional kid is just, just going to come out and he was going to say certain things sometimes like really just sort of show where his state of mind was going to be so i had to sort of try to play around with that and make sure that i was kind of true to what he was feeling at that time but again, I also wanted to, like at the end of the scene, when he's standing in front of the window with Leia, he has a look on his face that is so many things. It's like determination, it's calm, it's acceptance, but there's still a huge question mark there. Like he's like, I have things to resolve. I have things to figure out. And I had to figure out how to go from the scene before to the end of the scene. And it all had to happen while 2NB was working on his hand. And so it was a big jump but that process had to happen. And so it was really, honestly, it was like an honor to have to go and be in Luke's head and try to figure out how to make that happen. I mean, the, you know, the honor was all on this side. You really managed to just capture the sort of ambiguous hope and trepidation um, of that whole final scene. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I, I hope I did it justice. It was, um, kind of like it was a really scary thing to do but it was also just you know once in a lifetime just an amazing experience and i was so glad that i was able to 
put some more words and put some more thoughts down that um, weren't necessarily there before. So it was just amazing. Well, the story is fantastic. So, you know, it all worked out, right? <laughs> I hope so. I think so. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about this uh, story the next time on my like probably million three watch of uh, this movie. And just 2-1-B in the background uh, watching this conclusion. It's kind of, you know, gorgeous to think about um, him being back there and having internalized his own sort of lesson from this as well. Yeah. And I think it's really fascinating to imagine that there are these moments outside of the movie itself where these huge changes happen, but we don't always, the movie can only be so long. It can't always be in there. And so we sort of get the honor of being able to fill in some of these gaps, which is pretty cool. And um, I like that it also opens up the concept that there are millions of these moments in all of the movies where these things can happen. It just makes your mind sort of go in those directions. It's pretty cool. Well, thanks so much for uh, coming today to talk about it, Lydia. It's a fantastic story. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And thank you for the privilege of writing the story. I had a blast. And uh, thank you, the listener, for listening. Uh, you can read Right Hand Man and all the other stories in From a Certain Point of View, The Empire Strikes Back, available now from all your favorite booksellers in print, ebook, and audio download. Thank you. And may the force be with you.